Cincinnati. Welcome to episode 198 of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK podcast. My name is Paul Hirons, and yes, it's Christmas. It is Christmas. Well, not quite yet. It's the lead up to Christmas, obviously. Christmas is next uh, Sunday, Sunday the 25th. We have a game before then on uh, Christmas Eve. Saturday the 24th, we go to... Uh, Foxborough in New England, and uh, this should be a rough and tumble game. But this is our uh, um, Christmas episode, so we've got our bells and whistles on, our Christmas hats. I've got the mistletoe ready for my partner in crime. Nathan Palmer, give us a kiss. <laughs> I'd normally I'd be firmly against that, son, but after last night's exceptional win, um, <laughs> I think you might be able to talk me around. Yeah, kiss anyone after last night, wouldn't you? <laughs> Yeah, I think I was a danger to anyone near um, <laughs> King's Cross last night when I was roaming around. Yes, I saw it. You're getting used. You're starting to do these uh, reaccione uh, Instagram videos, aren't you? Wa- you walking through back from an establishment. You did it after uh, the meetup last week. Yeah, then... I mean, the last two games have been class, haven't they? Like, you know, two big wins, sharing them with Bengals fans. Obviously, I was, you know, with you guys at the uh, the coach house last week. And then um, this week, I went to the Cincinnati Chili Bomb, mm. had a few drinks in there, watched the game. Very sure. enjoyable. But I, not, not, I can't keep doing it, though, so I'm getting a bit old, you know. I'm in my <laughs> 30s now. It's like, I can't behave like this. Yeah, you know, I've got to save yeah, myself yeah. for the for the playoff run. Well, exactly. Exactly. And we'll... Uh... We'll be endeavouring to put as many meetups as we can during the playoff one. Uh, obviously, if we get there, it look, it's looking likely now, but we shall see. Obviously, um, I am sipping on a rum and coke because it's Christmas, and I will drink rum steadily throughout the evening. Uh, there you go, some trap wind already. That's great, isn't it? A burp on air um, for the podcast straight away. Uh, what we've got coming up? We've got some reaccione. Uh, from last night's victory in Tampa Bay. Improbable, crazy, messy, weird, insane victory in Tampa Bay last night. And uh, then we're going to play some Christmas games. And then we're going to uh, welcome in our special guest, uh, which this week is Bengals Centre and uh, Tormentor of Tennessee, shall we call him, Ted Karras. Ted Karras! And Nathan and I spoke to him last week. What a what a fine gentleman he is. Oh, what, a, what a top geezer. Absolutely. So and then we're going to talk about Christmas with you lot. We've got lots of correspondence. So it is going to be a packed bumper 
Christmas episode, which so we can't waste any time. Let's get to reaccioni straight away. Reaccioni, reaccioni, ole ole ole. Reaccioni, reaccioni, ole ole ole. Yes, the Bengals thirty-four, the Buccaneers twenty-three. I say it's improbable. You, you all know what happened. You watched it. Crazy game. Crazy game. Insane, insania in the membrania. It's uh, it, it was insane. Seventeen three down at half time. There was it looked for all the world that we were just. It was just one of those days that we just laid a complete egg, and uh, it wasn't going to happen. But then second half, that third quarter was just one of the most remarkable third quarters I have ever seen, Nathan. It really was, wasn't it? You just couldn't believe it. It just sort of kept coming and coming and coming. And from being what, you know, like you said, I mean, 17 points down in a game, you do not win many games. You saw, you know, last night that stat about Tom Brady, um, was it 88-0 and 0 or something ridiculous he was whenever yeah. he was leading by 17 points. And I mean, that is that is the reason why it's so difficult against someone like Tom Brady is because he doesn't make mistakes. He doesn't give the ball away, and that's why he's been so good. And if he gets a lead, he doesn't tend to throw it away or make silly decisions. And you're not going to pin all that on him. You know, there's a, there's a lot for the fumble. There was, um, you know, all manner of, obviously, Giovanni Bernard's. Um, poor old Gio. Know. Poor old yeah, Gio. Got absolutely <laughs> caned by local reporters I don't know if you saw that video yeah he I was did, absolutely yeah. ambushed in the locker room uh, poor old Gio one of the no, nicest no. people you'll ever meet in your entire life and uh, the journalists in Tampa giving me giving her a proper hard time last night but uh, anyway yeah yeah you're right though goodness me I think we uh, we just kept I mean it's what we needed. Brilliant special teams performance to kind of kick things off. No, no pun intended. But, um, yeah, and then every time we got the ball in that third quarter was either on the 20-yard line or certainly within the 50. Yeah. And, you know, several times, um, you know, inside the red zone or at least just outside. So it made the offense who were playing horribly uh, their their job a hell of a lot easier. Uh, and as I say, I think most people were just saying, look, we won five in a row. Went a bit Jonathan Ross there. We won five in a row. Five in a wow. And. Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that would land terribly for the US audience, but I'm sure a few I know, I know, I know. UK members will enjoy it. And, uh, yeah, playing so badly. Both sides of the ball couldn't get anything going offensively. Tampa Bay playing really well. Certainly bought their A game after a season of. Real inconsistency, and they really looked up for it last night. Carlton Davis on on uh, Jamar Chase was just terrific. Oh, man, I think this rum is getting to me already. I can't talk. It's burning barn smoked rum forged <laughs> from the fire, and it is abs- uh, cold smoked with local apple wood. Blimey. It's absolutely lethal. How many, how many percent are we talking? Is just regular 40? Uh, you've gone a bit mad on us tonight, Sam. No, 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 no. It's not like moonshine or Pacine or anything like that. It, it is 40%. I was going to hear like a thud at the other end of the Oh, I know, yeah. I'll have fallen over. No, mate, I'll have got my top off and start singing in about 10 minutes, I reckon. Uh, but yeah, a remarkable turnaround. DJ Reader, unbelievable. Like, I yeah. know lots of other, there were lots of other contributors last night. Joseph Osai, um, 
Trey Flowers got an interception. Um, Jermaine Pratt bagged one as well. Really great interception. Um, DJ Reed, it felt... And I'm not just saying that because he's my boy, but it just felt like it was a one-man... He was the one-man dragging everyone with him last night, putting the team on his back. We talk about quarterbacks putting a team on their back, but he... He did it on a defensive side of the ball. Run stops, batted passes, tackles for losses, forced fumbles, you name it, he did it last night. I mean, it was a remarkable performance. And again, Lou Anarumo's second half defense is just extraordinary. Just extraordinary. I mean, I was yeah, genuinely I flabbergasted last night. It was a hell of a turnaround. Oh, it's a real team win last night. There was no one person that completely dominated. You know, a lot of guys as well, a bit underheralded on the roster. You just contradicted me there. I just said DJ Reader put the team on his back and you just contradicted <laughs> me, man. No, well, I, I mean, you look at guys though in the last couple of weeks that, you know, are not core members of this team and they're not superstars. You look at Mitchell Wilcock stepping up last night, getting his first touchdown. Drew Christman, last night, I tell you, is that ball, that's an underrated play. You see that ball that he kicked out of bounds at the two-yard yeah, line or yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that? Absolutely fantastic play. And then you've got Trey Flowers getting the pick. I mean, he's a guy that, you know, doesn't get spoken about much, but incredible for him to, to be getting involved as well. So really, really good for the boys. And, like, you know, that defence, I mean, the problem we've got, this is one thing, I mean, the defence this year, I've been absolutely waxing lyrical about it all the time. They've played so well. They're such a great unit together. Work well. They've survived injuries. You know, last night you had Sam Hubbard go out, you had Trey Hendrickson go out, and they were still able to get the job done. The one thing I would say as a fairly serious negative is I think Luana Rumu is going to get a head coaching opportunity at the end of this year. Oh, I think, 100%, yeah. I think what, what he's done with that... Um, that defence will get, you know, some fairly serious attention around the league. And uh, fair play to the geezer, you know, he deserves it. He certainly deserves to, you know, if there's opportunities out there. I don't actually know how many head coach jobs will come up, but I'd say that's the one downside um, to these performances is that it's going to get fairly serious um, attention around the league. Yeah, and if you listen to Dave Lapham's podcast, which um, In the Trenches with Dave Lapham, which I think you should... Pretty much every episode, he's kind of waxing, you know, not waxing lyrical, but kind of suggesting that, you know, the AFC West, you know, he's done a number on on Kansas City for three games in a row. So the AFC West is that like Denver, for instance, yeah, if they come calling, they might want to, you know, tap his brains. Yeah. But of course, you know, being a DC or a co coordinator of any shape or form is very different from being a head coach. Yes, so, um, absolutely. I think Lou would make a shit head coach and I think we should keep him as defensive coordinator, quite frankly. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm going to say. Um, you can put, put that word into John Elway, are you? To make, to make <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to send him... I'm going to send him an email. Just, look, look, just leave Lou alone. He's not going to make a very good head coach. Trust me, he's more of a DC and frankly, you know, you went prizing him away. But, but in all seriousness, we wish him the best. He's done a remarkable job. I mean, even... We're very lucky... Uh, in Bengals history, we've had some incredible, I mean, genuinely incredible defensive coordinators. You look back to the 80s when Dick LeBeau um, was uh, was defensive coordinator on the Super Bowl run in the late 80s. You know, he's now Hall of Fame and Sconce, okay, so he did a lot of work in <coughs> but you look at the work that he, you know, he, he's had a long association with the Bengals and he's terrific. 
Um, you look at Mike Zimmer, the double A gap blitz that yeah. he revolutionised in the mid two thousands, and now you look at Lou. I mean, he's following in the footsteps of those guys, and I can't. And that's no, that's I don't think you can pay, you know, a bigger compliment to him. As I say, that second half turnaround, and it was just another, you know, law of average. You kind of think they're not going to pull this out of the bag again. They can't, you know, they're playing that bad, and it's Tom Brady. And, yeah. you know, they're not getting much pressure on him. And Sam Hubbard's out now. Cam Taylor-Britt went down. No Mike Hilton. No Trey Hendrickson. And yet, they he figured out a way. And the players figured out a way. It was, you know, just incredible. Um, it's a, I think the reason why it was so remarkable last night, A, because they had so many players out, and B, just the nature. I mean, they just kept getting the ball back within the 30, 40 yard line, and that made the offenses live very easily. And they almost didn't take advantage. You know, they, they, they were finding it tough last night, the offense, weren't they? Really tough. Uh, couldn't move the ball. I thought Joe Boy was a tick or two off last night. You know, some of those beautiful passes that he's thrown in recent week weeks. Um, towards the sideline not necessarily back throw runs but just floated over the uh one cover man and in between and, uh, and ahead of another just in that sweet spot he wasn't hitting those last night and i, I thought he was a little bit off i thought the offensive line yeah. really struggled you know you're looking at uh um Leal collins last night he looked to be really struggling Against that, uh, sorry, I've had to Google this guy's name. Joe Tryon Shoyinka, number nine. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a solid. Is that a solid handle? You give that a solid handle? No, I don't think so. No, oh, you're a harsh just, man. Just a, I'm expecting, uh, France, to be honest, I'm expecting some Christmas cheer from you on the solid handles tonight. So just a. I'll, just I'll a do my war. best, but yeah, we'll, right. we'll, have a, we'll have a look at them. But yeah, they struggle on offense, but the the defensive performance, as you mentioned, Trey Flowers stepped up. Oh. Joseph Osai stepped up. Um ADG with some monster hits stepped yeah. up, you know. Jeff Gunther stepped up. BJ Hill kicked out was having to be kicked out to defensive end. He stepped up. DJ Reader is DJ Reader, all pro, my guy. Merry Christmas, DJ, all the best. Rock my DJ. Last night a DJ saved my life, etc. etc. Um you know, incredible. Alan George came in. Remember him from preseason? Alan George came in. Yeah. And I won't man. say they missed a beat, but they, I mean, that's, ah. I'm just, I'm just so full of admiration for Lou and his adjustments at half time and the players who take it on board. Just, it was, do you remember a few years back? We had, it was against Tampa Bay, wasn't it? When we had a meetup, when we scored that last second. Yes, against Ryan Fitzpatrick, Fitzmagic. The last time we played Tampa Bay, I remember Tampa Bay sort of dominating that game and we stole a victory at home. And it kind of felt that we stole a victory. The fact that we won by... I don't know, what was it? Um, well, the fact that we won by 11 points, the fact that we won despite the fact that Tampa Bay outgained us 396 to 237 total yards, it's just, uh, yeah, okay, you know, we got some short fields, so we didn't have to travel as far. But these, I mean, I think you can tell, I'm, you know, you think you've seen everything, and certainly um, from the Bengals, but bloody hell. 
bloody hell, what a win. What a win. What a gutsy win last night. Yeah, and I, you know what? Like, you know, a lot of the time when the Bengals win, you know, Joe Boy is the absolute pin-up guy on this team and people give him all the credit. And you talk about, you know, obviously we talked about the defence and we're giving Lou a lot of love. But, like, again, and I have said this the last couple of weeks, you've got to seriously have a look at Zach Taylor and say re- he's really done an incredible job the back 100%. end of this season. 100%. Like, you, you won six football games now against some bloody good teams. I mean, you talk about the Buccaneers... A lot of people really felt like they'd be a Super Bowl contender this year. They still might. They still it. might. They still you might never be. Know. Exactly. Oh, I completely agree with you. And like, obviously, the Chiefs are in that run. The Titans, and it's just the mentality of this team. Like, you know, a lot of these games the last couple of weeks, they've not been blowouts. You know, the Chiefs game was a magnificent game of football. The Titans game as well was a magnificent game. One score games, both of them. The Browns game. 23-10, maybe slightly flattering on the Bengals, but it was certainly very close at points. And then last night, I mean, an absolute spectacle of a game. And like you said, an 11-point margin of victory almost doesn't in any way do you know the game justice. But they've edged them out, and they've got that winning mentality. And I don't, and a lot of that will come from the leadership with people like Joe Burrow instilling it in the players, and you know, leaders in that locker room like your Sam Hubbard's and people like that. Yeah, yeah. But you have to look at Zach, and it's not easy to just say, well, you know was it this play or that play or was it you know anything in particular but it's just his leadership and the confidence that he's instilled in the team to grind out these tough victories yeah. and I was watching that game last night and it was coming up towards half time and I thought to myself it is just one of those days and you have them sometimes you can't work it out and you know with the Bengals have had them this season you know they have had at the start of the year you you go back to that horrendous Steelers game you know there's a couple of others where you're sort of scratching your head the Cowboys game was another you know even against the, the Saints who yeah. at the time really are not a great team we struggled a bit and <clears> you, we couldn't get out of our own way at the start of the season but now that you know I think everyone's sort of you know singing from the same sheet I mean we are a really dangerous football team with a winning mentality and I tell yep. you what at the end of the half I kind of thought when we were down 17 as much as I was like well it might not be our day I kind of thought I reckon we can get back in this and that as a fan yeah. back in the day like yeah, I, you never is, you would never have no, thought that never if, but... if you talk about Andy Dalton and Marvin Lewis era and again it's no knock on because they won some incredible football games but I it, it, you know with knowing that we've got Joe Burrow and knowing the talent on that team and the coaching and the leadership I really think you have to take your hat off and say, yeah, we can win any game. Not in any situation, but you know, in difficult situations, like being down 17 points on the road to Tom Brady when he's gone 88-0 and 0 in those situations in the past. To pull out a win, like you said, it's remarkable. It's seriously impressive yeah, yeah. sign of this team. Well, and here's, I, I, here's a question for you, Nathan Palmer. Um, yeah. So we won five in a row. It gives you a bit of a different mindset, doesn't it? it? It kind of almost, like, when they were playing so badly, you were almost, I don't know about you, but I was like, okay, we've won five in a row. Six in a row now, Sam. Yeah, yeah, but before last night, when it was oh, like 17 right, right. nothing, you know, and we yeah, were playing yeah. that badly. Yeah. And that, and that, by the way, that, that drive just before half-time, half I think, was crucial. That incredible yes. two-and-a-half-minute or two-minute drive, or one-and-a-half-minute drive was incredible. Absolutely crucial. Um, but yeah, it almost kind of think. Look, okay, we've won five in a row. This is going to be a bit of a shit house, you know. It it almost makes you ex- not accept, but it almost sort of softens the blow of a defeat. It's like right, we can get back on track next week. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Interesting with Tampa Bay, though, isn't it? Because I think, like you say, they've got some great players and it's mystifying why they're not firing on all cylinders this year. I think Roma was banging on about, you know, under centre versus play action and all this kind of stuff. They're more effective with play action. Um, And, you know, you look at someone like Devin White. Do you remember in 2019 when most Bengals fans were absolutely sold on getting Devin White and the Bucks took him at number five in that year we took let me just have a look Jonah Williams at 11 god that was a good draft Kyler Murray Nick Bosa Quinnen Williams Clelin yeah. Ferrell Devin White Daniel Jones uh, Josh Allen well uh, TJ Hawkinson has obviously moved on to the Vikes Ed Oliver Devin Bush we were keen on the two Devins weren't we but I'm just I'm just saying Tampa have got some really good players uh, and if they can play like they did in the first half, then you know they'll they'll cause some teams some problems, and they're they're in a pretty poor division. So you would expect them actually to get through to the playoffs, even with the losing record, which is crazy. But my point is, you know, we got Tampa's A game last night, and uh, it wasn't perfect. The offensive line looked a bit rocky with their pass rushes and their and their looks. I think Joe Boy wasn't on his game. The running game was a problem. And at one point you kind of thought, this is just like from earlier on the season, right? It's it's a struggle. It's a real struggle. But, yeah, the way they pulled it out last night, incredible. And do you know what? I One of my pleasures now each week is watching the post-game locker room stuff with Zach and the team and when he gives out, gives out game balls. And that perfectly illustrates what you're talking about. The camaraderie, the spirit, the togetherness, the resilience, yeah. the toughness, the mental toughness, knowing that even though they're down in a game, that they trust themselves and back themselves to get back in it. Um, you know, it could be down to complex X and O's that we don't know about, but certainly we can praise them on their spirit and their resilience. Uh, I love watching those things because it just illustrates how together they are it's it's mad i love it i live for that kind of stuff you know yeah. oh, no, i agree with you I, 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 the one the, the final thing i want to say on it and i said it last week and i've said it quite a lot the way the, the one thing this offense is doing and i know we're talking about you know last two weeks and they weren't at their best yesterday but the one thing they're doing is just not turning the ball over not doing anything yeah. silly and last night you get a ball tipped and you get one picked off that's fine but not fumbling the ball, not doing anything silly on special teams, not throwing pick sixes or whatever else. They've not actually, like, you know, I think the offense has been fairly good, you know, the back end of this season. I'd say good, you know, they have been good. But it's not like they're tearing it up each week and big deep balls down the field and it's it's completely no, no. insane. It's just very, like, quite efficient. And by not turning the ball over, you make the other team have to work very, very hard to get points. Like, you look last night, if the, if, if the Bucks don't turn the ball over there, you're not beating them. You know, if they don't turn over, how many times they turn over? Four times? Like, yeah, you know, they, yeah, yeah. You, you can't come back from that. And like you said, they can have double the yards. I mean, first up, Mike Evans was absolutely, you know, cutting oh, us up. Oh, he was immense, As good as we say the defence was last night, and it absolutely was to, you know, pull out those plays. At the end of the day, like, you're looking at, you know, Tom Brady had his uh, 312 yards, three touchdowns. They ran the ball fairly effectively when they did. Fournette had uh, 4.4 yards a carry. Like, nothing crazy. But, you know, they were picking up runs when they needed it. And 
at the first half, you're thinking, goodness gracious me. But, you know, the Bengals stuck in there and they, you know, they didn't make any mistakes. They didn't give anything back to Tampa Bay. They didn't make anything easy. And I just think if they can keep playing sensible football like that and just you're limiting the turnovers, you know, you might get one here and there. It really is a sign of a very efficient, very hardworking football team. And that's something in the past, you know, Andy Dalton, like, through his fair share of picks and you know we've had running backs in the past giving the ball away and whatever you want to say about Joe Mixon this season you know has he regressed possibly but he does not fumble the ball the geezer like I think no. he's fumbled it something like once or twice his career same yeah. with Samar JP Ryan like it's it, it's stuff like that that like you don't expect them to fumble it's a rarity like for any running back in the NFL it should be but you don't often praise running backs for that it's not really something that you say oh you didn't fumble did you but you, you kind of expect it but They've done an incredible job of it because if you did like, you know, the running backs giving the ball away four or five times this year, that's the difference potentially between a couple of wins and losses. You know, it's that brutal. If you're, you're running the ball inside your own half like the Bucks are last night and Fournette's coughing it up for you at the 20 yard line. I mean, that's like, you know, completely flipping the field. It's huge, a complete game changer of a play. So, you know, whilst the running game's been a bit stop start this season, I think you do have to take your hat off. Um, to to all the whole unit for just being as clean as they have this year uh, with the football. And after I've said that, now I'm expecting three fumbles against the Patriots, <laughs> and it's all going to absolute shit. But... I have to say though, <clears throat> as as much, as tough as the running game was last night, that last drive took about seven minutes. Yeah, him uh, mix mix and P Ryan, uh, they uh, they put their head down and they yeah. boshed out some. Hard, hard yards, and Joe Boy hit the. That's the thing about this team. They're playing badly. Joe Boy's not having a great day. The offensive line's not having a great day. They're rushing for two, three yards a carry, but in the crucial moments, just the crucial moments, Joe Boy will throw it. Four touchdown passes last night, yeah. I believe. Oh, Four. I know. You, I know. I know. And he wasn't even From playing that, great. Yeah. No. 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 And when it absolutely mattered, P. Ryan and Mixon put their heads down and battered them. Absolutely yeah. battered them. That was a physical last drive. It was incredible. Um, yeah, great win. Great, I mean, weird win, um, I have to say. And I think, uh, yeah, um, if the Jags beat the Jets this Thursday night, we're, we clinch a playoff berth. I think I think the odds of us getting in the playoffs. I, I was reading about it or something. It's like ninety nine point nine percent now. I think about, about mm. twenty games would have to go the wrong way. So I think we can all rest easy on that. I think you know, obviously with the Ravens losing as but well. But with with the sport. teams in the AFC, you want home field advantage, right? That's I, what you I, play I think, for next. Absolutely, and obviously with the Ravens losing to the Browns on Saturday, very very weird, isn't it? Watching the NFL on Saturday, but um, I wasn't surprised by that. The Ravens yeah. have not been playing great, and Tyler, uh, Hunt, uh, Ty, whatever his name, Huntley, uh, Timmy Huntley, is uh, actually not bad quarterback, I have to say, and fits their scheme. But I wasn't surprised, and they've been eking out wins by playing not great. And you know, yeah. you could argue that's the sign of a good team. We say it when the Bengals squeak through games. We say that's the sign of a good team. The Ravens are doing that as well. Now I don't yeah. know whether that's the sign of a good team or not, but fair play to them. But I genuinely thought that the Browns would beat the Ravens at the weekend, and thank goodness that they did, because we are now obviously in um, sole position atop the AFC North. Um, 
Ravens play the Falcons this week. We've got a tough one in New England. They're a funny old team. That would they literally gave the ball away <laughs> in the last seconds against the Waders um, at the weekend. And um, yeah, uh, it's going to be tough. They've got a great running game. But hey, we've got DJ Reader. Who cares? <laughs> Try and run on that big boy. Try yeah, and run the, on that big boy. The, the, the one thing I'd say, just talking about seedings and talking about you know out what's going on in the AFC, I, the one rule I really don't like, and I don't know what you think about this, son, but I really liked it back in the day when you got two teams that get a bye. You know, you play you know, yeah, that was when it's yeah, a sixteen-game yeah. season. It's a seventeen-game season now, and I just think I'm know, still getting used to the seventeen-game season. No, I agree. I, I still call it like twelve and four, and... eleven and five, and all that. And now they're yeah, like bringing yeah. in like thirteen and five and twelve. And six and it was like what what's going on i don't understand no no exactly but i mean the, the one thing i don't like about it is the regular season you've made it 17 games they're all very intense hard-fought games and it's like in the afc this this year you got obviously us the chiefs the bills they've both got 11 wins we've got 10 now you know the bengals or, or one of the chiefs or bills that say they win out which i absolutely wouldn't you know rule out for both of them to do they're both very good teams Obviously, we hope the Bills don't win out because they've got to play us. But I think if you get 14 wins in the regular season, 14 and three, yeah. and you've got to play a wild card game, I just think that's a little bit. I don't know if it does justice to sort of, yeah, yeah. you know, what you achieve in the regular season. I, I do just, you think, though? Do you think the Bengals will win out? I, I, oh, uh, I would, I, I would want to win personally. I would want to win this weekend against New England. I love it when we play a Belichick team. Yeah, and a Belichick team in my lifetime has pretty much always been New England. So I love it when we beat New England, which is actually we don't have a great record against New England. Um, I would love to beat the Belichick team. Let's call it that. And if we do, I'm not. It sounds weird, but I'm not that fussed about. But I would want to win the well, Ravens you... game to clinch that division because I do think with the Ravens' schedule, it may well come down to that last game. What, uh, what happens in that game if it's a t- like you know the record? Say we lose to them, and oh, I don't know. I'm I've just been drinking rum, Nathan. I've just been drinking smoked rum. I don't <laughs> don't ask me questions about this. I think you almost one of this sounds like a ridiculous thing to say, and if it costs us the AFC North, then obviously I don't want this to happen. But almost in a weird way wouldn't mind losing one of the three of them just to give the players a bit of a the reality check almost you know you don't all do you yeah. want to go into the playoffs off the back of eight straight wins i mean you and actually zach people, said like, that yes, last but... night it, that first half was, yeah. was good for them because they've been on a five exactly. game winning streak it's good you don't to want be overconfident no that's what i don't think this team will ever be overconfident but i know what you mean i know i think it's a good point I mean, that Buffalo game is going to be an absolute jizzer, isn't it? Jesus, well, it's going to I mean, you, you've got, you've, you've, I think you've got to genuinely be thinking, and no one's really talking about it yet, because obviously, like, you know, one step at a time, getting the playoffs with the AFC North is, you know, really the sort of mantra at the moment. But I'll tell you what, if you beat the bit, say you run the table, you win out, win three games, you know, we, we should really, I mean, the two, you know, two of them are at home. The Ravens, like you said, aren't playing that well at the moment. The Patriots aren't playing that well at the moment. Really. Dolphins you'd be scared team. about. I don't think the Jets are making it now. They've sort of even now, I think. Good to see CJ Uzama, by the way, score a couple of touchdowns yesterday. I know people yeah. have got their issues with CJ, but, you know, frankly, I don't. I still value CJ as a person and as a player, and good for him. I don't think the Jets are going to make it. 
the Dolphins are going to be dangerous, I think. Because yeah. just because they've got that explosiveness that anything, as we all know, anything can happen in the playoffs. And the Dolphins yeah. have got that X factor. It might not go right, but you better watch out. And, you know, it's it's. I don't think many people would be want would want to play the Dolphins. Um, who yeah. else have we just, got? Just, just one last thing, though. Go on, on we've got to get to the games, man. It's Christmas. No, Come I on. know, but I'm, just, I'm in such a like festive, excited mood after this Bengals win. I just want to play out some of these exciting scenarios. Go on. If we do run the table and yeah. we win out, yeah. and obviously you beat Not the impossible. In, in fact, I'm saying, do you know what? I'm going to say it now. I think we will. Yeah, I mean, have a I bit of that. Wins. Have a slice of yeah. that with a bit of brandy butter on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it now. I think we can win out. I think no, I'm gonna say it even more. I'm gonna, th- I think we can win out. Yeah, no, I, I don't disagree. I think we will with you, win out. That's what I meant to if, say. If if we beat the Bills though, <laughs> you get 11 wins. You obviously have the tiebreaker against them. You're one Chiefs loss away from the number one seed ourselves. Yeah, and I mean yeah. that would be really something to have. Not only like you know get one playoff game to have a bit of a rest and get back in it, but you you know you have a home schedule the whole way through. Yeah. Paul Brown and you Stadium, have to and you have to think that we are the AFC. People forget this. Um, well, maybe not. But the rest of the league does. We are the AFC champions. Yeah, and absolutely. It and the Chiefs are playing that well off. at the moment. We they're beat not, them. They go overtime with the Texans last night. Absolutely like, you know, squeaked yeah. through against the Texans last night. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I tell you what, if it has to come through Paycor, then watch out. Well, absolutely. Jeremy and Jess and all those Kev, our pal Kev. They're going to give it some inside Paycor. And <laughs> you imagine the atmosphere. Like, oh, I tell you what, I should do this every week because I'm absolutely... I'm about <laughs> six rums in. I'm, I'm I'm warm and happy and I'm drinking the Kool-Aid, except the Kool-Aid is, is 40% rum <laughs> at the moment. Anyway, thank you for listening to uh, Nonsense. Let's get to... So it's Christmas. Let's get... To, and what is Christmas without some games? So let's play some games. <laughs> Right, uh, we're going to start with um, first and ten, our favourite game, I think. And this is when I quiz Nathan. And if you haven't uh, listened to a first and ten before, it is basically uh, a type of American football game where uh, you move the ball um, uh, depending on whether you answer questions. So, for instance, if you choose an easy question and get it right, you move the ball five yards. If you uh, choose a medium difficult question, you move 10 yards. If you choose a hard question, uh, you score a touchdown from anywhere on the field. You start off at your own 20. You've got 12 questions to score a touchdown. Nathan, I know your strategy on this. We will get some other people to play this, but this is a Christmas-themed first and 10. So what are you starting with? I get a medium, son. You know, I like a medium. Oh, no, you don't. You always like an easy one. I haven't got many mediums. Um, <laughs> right. How many ghosts are there in A Christmas Carol? Oh, if this is non-Bengals related, I'm going to be shocking. How many what, sorry? No, no, this is all Christmas related. Oh, no, I'm not going to be, <laughs> I'm going to be struggling. I'm going to be, well, Do you want to change and start off with an easy one or what? No, I'll go medium. How many ghosts Seriously, the easy ones are really easy. Like, seriously easy. Well, maybe after this medium, I'll go oh, right, okay, okay. Question what, 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 one. Yeah, go on. How many ghosts are there in A Christmas Carol? Oh, God, I ain't the... got Scooby-Doo. Four. <laughs> You're right. 
Really? First down. That is a that is me throwing a hail mary up there for that. Wow. Oh my. I'll take that. So you're at thirty. Your own thirty. Question two. First down and ten. What are you going for? I'll go short. Just go short. Oh, nice and easy. What yeah. traditional Christmas drink is made with eggs? Eggnog. Correct. Right. Second um, and five go... at the thirty-five. Question three. What are you going for? I'm going to go I'm going to go uh, short again I think just see if we can get the first down what is the day after Christmas Day known as in the UK Boxing Day correct first down Question... that is very easy I told you they were easy <laughs> first and ten I've got to go medium now start picking the pace up a little bit see I if like we can get it. over I the like halfway it. line I like it you can you can beat teams in like the Bengals you can beat teams in different ways mm. according to the song what did my true love give to me on the eighth day of Christmas? Oh, God. Um... Actually, this should have been in the hard one. This is quite difficult. So on the first uh... day of Christmas, my true love sent to me. Oh. Do you want, do you want some prompts? Um... Um, is it it's, uh, turtle doves? Um... No, it's not turtle dove, so that's incomplete. On the first day of Christmas, my true love sent to me partridge in a pear tree. On the second day of Christmas, my true love sent to me two turtle doves. You're wrong, Nathan Palmer. Well. On the third day of Christmas, my true love sent to me three French hens. On the fourth day of Christmas, my true love sent to me four calling birds. On the fifth day of Christmas, my true love sent to me all together now five oh golden God. rings. On the sixth day of Christmas, six geese are laying on seven. Seven swans are swimming, and on number eight, eight maids are milking. So that's hard. That is, that, is that's hard. a tricky one. That I've been that's the um, Levante David hitting me there for the, <laughs> the incompletion. Okay, question five, first down and ten. What are you going for? Um, I'm gonna go short at again th- at the forty. Short. Okay. What colour is Rudolph the reindeer's nose? Red. Correct. Uh, I've got to go medium overnight to start moving things. So second and five at your own 45. I don't know. It's a nice little... It's a nice drive you're building, man. Only one incompletion. Right, okay. You want to go medium? Yep. Okay. Uh, Which fairy tale was the first gingerbread house inspired by? This is quite difficult. I don't know. Oh, Alice in Wonderland. No, Alice in Wonderland. Uh, Hansel and Gretel. No, yeah, probably should uh, Question number seven, second and five. You know, it's an easy one I'm to going get a first down. the kitchen sink here. I'm going deep. Okay. I'm just going for it. I like the Bengals last Actually, night. you, might, you might get this one on question seven. Actually, you might. Who was the quarterback when the Bengals last played on Christmas Eve? Oh, oh, Carson Palmer. No. Is it Dalton? It is. Andy Dalton versus Detroit 2017 in the 2017 win. I thought it might have been that Cardinals game with Jermaine Gresham when he... Not Jermaine Gresham. Um, what's his bloody name? Jerome Simpson did that incredible oh. flip. I'm going deep again, Sam. 
You I'm, going for I've it all? It. You yeah. going for it all? It's fourth and five from your own forty-five. Question eight. Uh, yeah. You're gonna I'm, go I'm for it. Quest. You can I'm get a first man. down with an easy question. You've got. Yeah, but I need, I've got to go for it soon. I'm running out of plays, and I. I've got to go for it. Question eight. You've got time, man. You've got anyway. Whatever. Okay, you ready? Hard yeah. one. Hard yeah. one. Hard one. Hard one. In which American department store is the famous Christmas film? A Miracle on 34th Street set, or at least features quite regularly. Macy's. Oh, he scored a touchdown. Fourth and five. Nathan Pimer. Nathan Pimer? Uh, I'm going to call you that from now on. Nathan Pimer. I'm overcome with excitement. Nathan, well played. Fourth and five from your own 45. What a play. Sometimes you've got to go big or go home, in your son. Exactly. Right for our second Christmas game. This was your idea, Nathan, so fair play to you, my son, as you would say. Thank you, my son. Uh, no problem, my son. Um, higher or lower? Uh, I'm going for Christmas questions. You're going for... I'm going for Bengals-related ones. They're so we're going to ask... We're gonna, we've got five questions each, right? And we're going to ask each other a uh, question alternatively. So, Nathan, I'll just ask you a bunch of questions. You... Unbelievably, he scored a touchdown on fourth and five. The drama. Forget the real-life Bengals. Nathan Palmer's Bengals on the first and ten field is equally as exciting. Uh, so why don't you start by asking me a question? So All it's right, higher so or lower? Gonna... Just explain to the listeners. Yeah, so I'm going to read a number out to Paul, and he has to guess whether the true total is higher or lower than what I'm going to say. So question number one, Go on. and it will make sense when you play it. Carson Palmer's career passing yards. So how many passing yards in his entire career? And this is for Carson Arizona Palmer. and the Raiders as, as yes, well as Yes, included his, his enti- entire career, not just for the Bengals. Yeah. Higher or lower than 40,000 yards? Ooh. So how many yards? How many? Played about 10, 11, 12 seasons. See, when you said 40,000, it's like, ooh. That's a bit bit of a juicy number. Have a bit of that. Put some sauce on that and have it on a plate on Christmas Day. I'm going. I'm going lower. Ooh, 46,247 yards for Mr. Nathan Palmer. Right, yeah. You ready for Second mine? Second question. All right. Okay. No. No. Let's go alternate. Let's go alternate. Yeah. All right. All right. So it's one nil Palmer. He's like the penalty shootout in the World Cup last night. This drama. Oh no no no. Let, let's let's do let's do you let's do kind of you ask me the five and then you know what you've got to win to or to beat to win right. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Fine. So, question number two. Yeah. T J Hushmanzada's yes. career touchdowns. Yeah. 40. Higher or lower than 40? Oh, now, that's another good question. TJ was a tremendous player. I know one of our listeners has got about probably 40 TJ Hushmanzada's jerseys. Tom McDowell, not looking at you. Um, oh, it's got to be higher. You're correct. Ooh. 44 touchdowns one for TJ one. Hushmanzada. One. It's very close, but you, you're one. back to one and one. One and one. The next question, higher or lower, Gino Atkins' career sacks. Ooh. The number I've got here is 65. Can Gino. I just say, what a tragedy it is, and it is a tragedy, 
that Gino Atkins didn't play anywhere near full fitness with DJ Reader. Can you oh, imagine? I, oh, I know. That would have Can been absolutely... Imagine? It would have been psychotic, that would have been. Oh, I would have been drawn. I might have had to just... I don't know what I might have to do if I saw those two together. <laughs> right, sorry, what was the question? How many sacks, Nathan? How many sacks in his career, DJ Reader? Oh, higher or lower? Gino sorry, Atkins. DJ Reader. Gino Atkins, <laughs> higher or lower than 65 sacks? So he played about... Sorry? I might go I might go lower. Higher, 75.5 for go Gino. Go on, Gino, you but not go on me. how much of a wrecking ball he was, Gino. Oh, he was I an love absolute Gino. unit, wasn't he? Honestly, um, I love Gino Atkins. I still he's do. He's only 33 as well. You almost, I'm surprised. I, know. Like, I don't think he's officially retired either, is he? No, but I think, you know, he ain't yeah. Bless him. 2-1, Nathan Palmer. Go on. Next question. Question four. Higher or lower? Go on. Frank Pollock's age, 56 years old. 56? <laughs> I don't know why that's funny, but I find that quite amusing, that question. Um, Frank Pollock, 56. He played in the NFL, had a good career, blah, blah, blah. Lower. You're correct. He's 55. Oh. To all this, 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 this sensational this. drama here. Sens- oh, it's put. Oh, I can't, you couldn't have scripted this. I genuinely didn't script this. You got the last one. Go on. Is higher or lower? Vontez Burfitt. Oh God. Mount Criminal convictions. Fines, no. Fines that oh, Vontez fines. Burfitt had. To yeah. The amount of money he paid for the NFL and fines. Oh, this is a higher great or lower. Than five million dollars. Higher or lower? That's a great question, Nathan. Perfect. Still beloved, weirdly, by Bengals fans. I like. I do like perfect a lot. I've got. So how, how many? How many are you putting on the table there? Five million. Higher or lower? Five, than five million, million dollars. dollars. Oh, it's got to be more, hasn't it? It's got to be more. Five point three million. He oh, paid in I steal it at the end. That is an absurd amount of money to pay in fines. Like, where's that money gone? Like, is that just in Roger Goodell's pocket? Is I it on the charity? Like, it's his Christmas list. Million. He goes into he buys Christmas presents for himself. Yeah, bloody hell. Uh, but anyway, right, my turn. Three and two, son. That's pretty good. Three and two. I enjoyed that. Very good. I think higher and lower. We should introduce that uh, more regularly. Ted Karras, don't worry, ladies and gentlemen. Ted Karras is on his way. Uh, but first, I've got to ask five questions uh, to Nathan. Ready? These are Christmas yep. themed. Yeah, okay. yeah. The largest display of knitted Christmas decorations consists of 6,262 and was achieved by Women's Weekly magazine in the UK on the 2nd of September 2014. Six, I can't remember what was oh. No, I can't remember what I just said there. So you know what the answer is going to be now. Six thousand or something or something. I can't remember. <laughs> what am I supposed to be doing? The largest display of knitted Christmas decorations <laughs> consists of <laughs> six thousand six hundred seventy-two, and was achieved by Women's Weekly magazine in the UK in London on the second of December. Uh, sorry, September twenty fourteen. So I've got to say, if it's higher or lower than 6,000... Hold on a minute, you suggested this game to me, so you know, should know how... Is it higher or lower than 6,000, whatever I said? 
I reckon it's higher. I reckon you could do more than that. It is 8,845 decorations were knitted by Women's Weekly magazine. 1-0 to Nathan Palmer. Question Come two. The most expensively dressed Christmas tree was valued at £6,500,000 and was erected and displayed uh, by the Emirates Palace in Abu Dhabi, UAE, uh, in 2010. Probably higher, I reckon. 2-0, Nathan Palmer. £6,975,880 worth of... That rate, isn't it? It is, surprisingly... Uh, in the UAE. What a shocker. Right, okay, the tallest Father Christmas. Oh, sorry, the tallest chocolate Father Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> the tallest chocolate Father Christmas measured 4.7 metres and was achieved by the shopping centre Mirabello in Italy in Cantue in 2011. Four. 4.7 metres. 4.7 metres. It's a chocolate Santa Claus. I'm going lower. You're wrong. It was higher. It was 5 metres. Look at that amount of chocolate. 2-1 to Nathan. Oh, it's drawn rear, isn't it? Question four. The largest gathering of people wearing Santa hats uh, was 30,172. And was achieved by the Angels baseball team uh, in Anaheim, California, in the US and A, on the 25th of June, 2014. Higher. You are correct. 3-1. You can't lose. Here this we go. Exciting. Uh, and, and finally, in December 2017, people at an event at Gaylord Palms Resort and Convention Centre in Kissimmee, Florida, had the largest simultaneous under-the-mistletoe kiss. How many couples took part? Was it higher or lower than 527? (laughs) Uh, um, Higher. No, lower. No, lower. 448 couples are snogging. Fair play to him. I bet. I wonder how many of them led uh, led on a bit further. Well, who knows? People might have been drinking this rum that I've been drinking. Is it like a Swedish? My, type of exactly. I don't know. Don't know. That's a good shout. I mean, feels like it's a potentially got the makings of a of a swingers event. A big, <laughs> a big jacuzzi, big sexy jacuzzi <laughs> at the end of the night. This is not going to end well, sir. <laughs> no, let's bring in Ted Carras. Let's bring in Ted Carras before I go down tangents. I don't want to go down. I'm delighted to say that joining us now is two-time Super Bowl champion. And more importantly, uh, although he might not agree with that, but more importantly at this time, he is Bengals centre Ted Carras. Ted, how are you doing? Oh, doing great. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you for joining us. I know it's a busy time of year. Things are rolling. Everything's going on. There's Christmas bubbling away in the background, obviously, as well. So thank you, uh, Ted. Uh, listen, um, I wanted to talk to you, first of all, about the offensive line, because I think it's it's fair to say that 
you guys are absolutely rolling at the moment. And I'm interested to know, we're lay people, we're just fans, we don't know the intricacies of the game too much. Or at least, you know, we we don't like to admit that. But, you know, we we, we don't know everything. Um, what does it take to get an offensive line unit, a whole unit, to gel uh, as well as you are gelling at the moment? Just give us an insight into what goes into that. Well, I think above all other positions, offensive line is a continuity and a repetition position. So we've been very lucky this season so far to, you know, remain relatively healthy, get reps together, you know, see the seeing the game through one set of eyes is a big, um, you know, tenant in good old line play. So, you know, and coupling that with great individual performances, you know, we still have to go out there and block these guys one on one. But we're on the same page. We're seeing the game the same way. Uh, I got to give a lot of credit to Alex Kappa. Uh, he's essentially another center out there. We have, you know, two guys that, you know, can really understand this offense and make calls and distribute blockers well. So he's a big help to me uh, running the pivot. And, uh, you know, everyone's playing at a high level. We're going to need to keep it going here as we get into late December, January football. And February. Let's just say February. Right? February. We'll, maybe we won't get that far, right? But, uh, um, yeah, I mean, Alec, you and Alex are playing, you know, you're veterans, but you're playing so well. And Elsie and Jonah have come on. But then you've got a rookie next to you. Have you? We've heard in the past that some veterans have had to kind of overcompensate in some ways, do you know what I mean, to kind of help a rookie out. Is that hasn't has that been the case this year with Cordell? Not at all. Not overcompensating. I mean, we have, you know, taken him aside and helped him out. And, you know, I've tried to help him out because he's a big contributor to our team. But he's made of all the right stuff. He's a giant man who is going to play, you know, left guard for this organization for a very long time. I think he'll be at the tops of his position um, in his career for many years. And, you know, it's a huge reason why we're winning games, why we're being successful, our left guard. Our rookie left guard isn't playing like a rookie. He's playing like a guy, a solid starter contributor on a team that has championship aspirations. Ted, Paul wow. mentioned about the fact that, you know, the line has got better and better as the season's gone on. How much better can the line get? Are you still, are you guys still think like there's more in the tank? Is there a higher ceiling for this offensive line? I think the trajectory is still going up. And, you know, um, again, we've had a lot of experience together now. And this is the time where we need to put that into practice with really, really good individual performances. And then collectively as a unit, you know, with great performances, how can we help this offense win? And that's by, you know, keeping Joe comfortable, creating lanes for Samaje and Joe. They do a great job read, uh, reading, you know, the blocking schemes. So those are our two main, you know, things that we need to do. We need to keep Joe comfortable, keep him in a rhythm, um, and and then, you know, run, you know, effectively, efficiently, you know, for over five yards of carry. You know, I like to get over at least, you know, 120 yards as well. That means we're taking up time of possession, keeping drives going. So I think we have a great offensive system. Zach, Brian, and Frank do a great job scheming us up. And, you know, it's been on us to execute in the last, you know, month or so. We've done a great job. It's interesting, isn't it? I mean, there was so much scrutiny on the offensive line. No doubt you watched this this team from the outside last year on that incredible run that they had. And, um um, you know, watching from the outside and there was so much scrutiny on the offensive line about what happened last year. So pretty much a new offensive line, bar Jonah, really, let's face it. Um, I mean, you, you obviously have your goals. You said you set your goals there and, and you wanted to to kind of 
keep Joe upright. And has that been a real source of inspiration and pride for you throughout the season? That's your main goal to to kind of that's what you bought into. Is that what your mindset was? Yes. I mean, we always want to run the ball, but, you know, knowing this offense with the the caliber of player we have uh, delivering the ball and number nine, uh, Joey Burrow is, you know, an incredible talent, incredible leader. So, you know, the, we, we were brought in to protect him, make him feel comfortable and help this offense run. And I think this offense runs its best when the ball is going through his hands. Obviously, we have to assist him with some run game and keep it balanced, keep it rolling. But, you know, that's a uh, you know, that's what this organization is, you know, is counting on is great performances out of Joey B. And so we are the assistants in that. We want him to feel comfortable at the spot delivering the ball. And we have a lot of playmakers downfield. So, you know, our the onus is on us to keep him clean, keep him ready to go. Ted, you touched on Joe Burrow there. Like you played with um, some incredible quarterbacks, Tom Brady, obviously one of them um, back in New England. Tell me about those two players. Obviously, Tom Brady, incredible winner, veteran of the game. Obviously, Joe Burrow on his way up. But, like, do you see similar uh, similarities in their game? Like, what, what are the sort of comparisons that you've drawn between the two of them? Well, I think they're both throw incredible footballs. But between him and Joe, you know, is the, is a is an almost killer mindset, an obsession with victory and how can we achieve, you know, the next victory. Um, I think it's really cool. It's a cool kind of uh, – you know, polarization for me, you know, playing with these superstar quarterbacks where Tom is a superstar, he's 45 years old, you know, he's about 18 years older than me, where Joe's 25, he's way more accessible. Not that Tom wasn't, he's still a great leader, but Joe is in the thick of this, you know, this, you know, locker room. He has rapport with every single player on the team. Um, I just think it's a little different, you know, style being that he is a peer as opposed to where Tom was kind of this, fatherly larger than life figure they're both superstars but joe's kind of appear with us you know in the thick of it and and being a great leader um again looking from the outside in one of the things that was heavily reported on last year on the super bowl run and i don't want to hark back too much but you're probably aware or heard about this incredible locker room culture that zach and the coaches have created here so when you came in was that immediately apparent and just explain to us this camaraderie in the locker room, this this feeling, this culture, whatever you want to call it. It seems to be a bunch of mates having so much fun together and just loving coming into work every single day. That's what it seems to us from the outside. What's it like for you on the inside? Well, it was incredible reception. You know, I you know, I've been the new kid many <laughs> I've been on many new football teams in my life and in my NFL career. And this was uh, seemed like a seamless transition, very, very welcoming um, from, you know, all the players to the staff, to the coaches uh, and to the city. I mean, it's been a, an incredible reception. We're winning some games, but even from the onset of spring, you know, I made fast friends with a lot of guys in this team. We want to be around each other. Our, you know, our wives and girlfriends want to be around each other. We get together after every game. You know, it's it, people do bring a lot of energy to work, which is very refreshing, a lot of fun. And, you know, that I think that culminates into victories on Sundays. I think that's, you know, that's a part of it, you know, execution as well. But these, you know, people are giving their all for this team. They don't want their brothers down. And it's a, it's a lot of fun to be a part of. Now, offensive linemen seem to be a particular breed of human being. Right. And I don't quite know what that is, but I'm sure you'll tell us. Take us into when you guys all get together as a unit, 
do you go out on the lash? And when I mean lash, do you mean like, do we mean going out for lots of drinks and lots of big meaty steaks and whatever? What's it like for an off- offensive line night out? Well, we do offensive line dinners on Thursdays, Thursday nights, and then we rotate, um, you know, who who hosts it. So everyone gets to pick, a, you know, a restaurant in the city or around, you know, the surrounding area. It's been an awesome way to uh, – to learn this city. I've learned, we've had so many great restaurants. There's been a lot of, uh, you know, great dinners. Um, there's a couple of drinks. I think it'll be more after the season, you know, I think, or after a game, a lot of people come over to my house and we have some, some beers, but you know, on Thursday night, maybe just, maybe just one cocktail just cause we got a, a performance is looming still where Sunday night after the game, the performance is done. You maybe can have a, a few more of those. What is the Karis cocktail of choice? Shall we ask you? Well, geez, I, mean, I like Miller Lite, but I, I also just like a, just like a, a, a bourbon on the rocks. Mm, mm, mm. Wh- wh- whistle pig. Okay, very good. Yeah. Very good. We, we just got a couple of questions for you uh, left there, Ted. Nathan, you all want to jump in there? I, I just want to ask a quick, quick one. I've been hearing a lot about this table tennis table, a bit of ping pong in the in the locker room. How's your game, Ted? <clears throat> you, any, you any good? Whereabouts are you? My game is actually pretty solid. I've fallen behind, though, the top-tier players. I would say the top five players are Mitch Wilcox, Trent Taylor, Joe Burrow, uh, Tyler Boyd is in there. Um, I think that's, uh, yeah, Jesse Bates. But they're, those are, they're, they've gotten really good. So mm-hmm. I, I have a decent game. I play with a hard paddle. I like the pips on it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, these guys are spinning the ball. It's, it's impressive to watch, you know, it's like, you know, I, I don't play with the, with the tier one anymore, but you know, I'm still, I'm probably the best in the old line. Who's at the bottom of the league table. We hear a lot about the top. Who's, who's lagging at the back? Oh man. Jermaine Pratt. <laughs> <laughs> Seems to a lot. Um, Ted, as soon as you come in, you've started leading who day chants. You're telling every person in national to go, you know, fuck himself <laughs> or herself. Um, incredible. You've, you've, my point is not just that I wanted to swear, but uh, I, you know, it, it was, you, you've emerged as a real character and a leader on this team. And is that because you feel so welcome and so comfortable in the locker room? Or is it just your natural personality there? I think it's always been my natural personality, but this is a very easy team to lead. I do get a lot of credit, but there's so much the credit to this organization for bringing in the quality of men that we have. Um, And I think just a perfect time in my career. I'm really grateful that I got this opportunity, um, you know, to come here, you know, all that leadership stuff is, is great. And it's, it's a lot of fun, but you still have to perform on the field. And right now we're doing a good enough job. So that's my number one overall focus is to win and give performances to this team that allow us to win. But it's been a lot of fun. This city's amazing. This team's so much fun and they've embraced me and my family. And uh, I'm just very grateful, you know, thinking back to last March, what an unbelievable opportunity to get this, you know, I'm an hour and a half from my parents' house where Mm -hmm. I grew up. It's just a, a very special time. And, you know, I'd like to end this year with a with a special victory. Well, who wouldn't? We're right behind you. Just one real quick last question, Ted. Um, you come from a family of football players. Football is in the Karras DNA. What is Christmas like? I mean, I know it's difficult as a football player because you're, I mean, you're going to be on the road pretty much 
uh, Christmas Eve up in up in uh, Massachusetts this year. But what what plans have you got? And growing up in a football family, has Christmas always taken a bit of a backseat because of the games being played? Well, my father was a football coach too. After um, until I got back in the NFL, the season was usually over by Christmas. So, you know, Christmas you know Christmas break was was always a great time. And um, but this Christmas, uh, we play on Christmas Eve in Gillette Stadium. That's a big game. Uh, that'll be a huge game, actually. Um, and my family will be waiting for me back in Cincinnati. They'll drive from Indianapolis. Uh, my my mother, father, sister, and wife. Uh, we're gonna have a little Christmas Eve because I think it's a one o'clock game, so we'll get back around around nine thirty p.m. Have a little Christmas Eve, Christmas morning. Not on the back burner this year. Gonna be big time Christmas, and uh, you know, hopefully we're we're celebrating a big win. What does Christmas look like in the Karras uh, family household? I mean, what's on your Christmas list this year, Ted? Apart from the a Super Bowl ring, another Super Bowl ring, but what's on what's on uh, the Karras Christmas list? The Karras, I'm a big book guy. I like to get books for for uh, for gifts. Um, I let my mom, you know, she picks actually some good clothes still. <laughs> you know, my mom picks <laughs> a lot of good clothes. So whatever she feels uh, that she wants to to get me is always good. She always gives me like a little cologne too. So, um, but you know, I just can't wait to spend time with family. We all sit around. and Everyone gets their, you know, pile of gifts from everyone and we do one at a time and really make comments about the gift too. It's a lot of fun. Great stuff. Ted, listen, we can't thank you enough for carving out uh, some time with us in this busy time of year. Listen, you guys are playing outstandingly well. From a fan point of view, we can't thank you enough for all your efforts. It's so much fun to watch this team at the moment. It's amazing. Every week is a is a great is a great adventure for for fans. So thank you so much. And listen, a, a very Merry Christmas to you and your family from all of us here in the UK. Very Merry Christmas to you as well. Thanks for having me on. When I make it out there, uh, I usually come to uh, the UK a couple times. Uh, maybe me and you get a get a pint at Weatherspoons. Oh, uh, mate, we get... <laughs> well, you've obviously been here before if you know Spoons. So, uh, yeah, yeah, we're taking you for a breakfast and a pint down at Spoons uh, when you come over. Do let us know. Ted, thanks so much for the time, man. Great to meet you. Thank you so much. Merry Christmas. That was the brilliant Ted Karras. We can't thank him enough. Who knew that he was a fan of Weatherspoons, Nathan? So when we when he does come over, I mean, breakfast at Weatherspoons with Ted Karras, do you think? That'd be absolutely fantastic, wouldn't it? I mean, I don't know what don't know what Ted would go for and Weatherspoons. He might have to have a few things off the menu, a guy his size. But yeah, no, boy, I'll tell you what, what a pleasure to speak to him and thank you so much for him you know coming on it's beautiful christmas present for cincinnati indeed imagine the wrapping paper around ted caras imagine the pleasure at unwrapping ted caras on christmas morning (laughs) and finding a big ted caras in your living room uh, on christmas morning and playing with Ted Karras throughout the day, and then discarding him about two weeks later because you're <laughs> bored of him. Uh, I don't think we could ever get bored of Ted. And and what I was interested in there is um, he's. Be- I think I mentioned it in the interview. He's become a real leader and character. I mean, it gets overused those words, right? But he's become a real leader and character in that dressing room, more or less straight away. And that's that's kind of interesting, isn't it? New guy, new team. He's been around. A few teams, New England and Miami, and he comes into Cincinnati, and he just it just settles in straight away. And I think DJ Reader 
Maybe I'm going for the world record of how many mentions of DJ Redo in a podcast I can mention. Maybe that's something that I might try um, later on in the year. Or next year. Maybe that's a New Year resolution. But anyway, yeah, it's interesting that he's he's kind of really taken on a leadership ro- role, really led the Who Day chants and become, become a real personality. It comes through in that interview, I think. Yeah, and I think you know what else came through for me in that interview is how he was talking about the locker room was quite an easy one to integrate into, and it does make you think there aren't many dickheads in that locker room. Certainly not that you know doesn't spring to mind any potentially spiky characters. I know in the past, um, you know, the Bengals have had you know history of players with character concerns, or you know, were people in the locker room potentially a little bit, you know, a bit sort of. Um, a bit spicy, causing a bit of trouble, you know, a bit of drama in there and stuff. But it does seem like genuinely very humble, hardworking, fairly close-knit bunch. And that's, again, goes back to, you know, I want a bit of a Zach Taylor fest today, but it does go back to, his, you know, what he's tried to instill there, bringing him, you know, high-character free agents, coaches, etc. So, again, I think you've got to doff your cap to... Indeed. Merry Christmas, field. Zach. Uh, Merry Christmas, Zachary and his staff an outstanding job right let's get to your correspondence uh slam dunk at slam dunk the funk solid handle best present uh, so basically i put it out there um today i wanted some christmas stories your best present your worst christmas gift your embarrassing christmas stories whatever you want to share about christmas and also you know if you want to bung in a few bengals bits and pieces you're more than welcome so slam dunk answered the question about his best ever um, Christmas present and it was a ZX Spectrum 48k I'm not expecting you to know what that is Nathan quite frankly um, a, ca- a camera? no it's not a camera it's a computer it a it's a computer in the 80s and yeah 80s and uh, I still have mine I must say there you go. There you go. It was the most it was the most rudimentary computer keyboard you've ever seen, but it was kind of fresh and new and funky. I might share some pictures of my ZX Spectrum at some point. Anyway, uh I also asked people about their top tier foods and I'm going to ask you about your top tier foods for Christmas because I put something on New Year's Day. You know these kind of things where you can choose one from the top row, one from the bottom row, one from the second row, all that kind of stuff, one of those memes that you can choose things from. I put one about Christmas meals. It confused the hell out of a lot of American people, which I found most amusing. Um, Their version of casseroles and our version of casseroles, if there is a lesson to be learned from putting out memes about Christmas food on social media, yeah, their version or a, a definition of a casserole is very <laughs> different from a british um version of a casserole but i'm going to ask you about your top tier christmas food in a moment but mm. duncan says uh his top tier food is twiglets dry roasted nuts and cashew nuts so he sounds like he's gonna he's gonna choke on them the geezer you know they're about the driest foods known to man he'd have to have a fair few pints to wash those down exactly well it follows up by saying booze pretty much anything alcoholic so i think duncan has got his booze intake uh, covered <laughs> merry christmas gents duncan says thanks for another great year and more of the same for 23 here here duncan great to spend time with you mate this year duncan came on the trip to cincinnati and he was a legend during the trip so merry christmas to you duncan and your family 
Stuart Davis, Stu Davis, the only thing that worries me at this point is depth covering injuries, especially at cornerback. Every team we're about to face is beatable on the day. We have nothing to fear and everything to play for. As for food, I'll have a festive three-way. Three wins and a playoff spot. Bingo. Uh, Stuart, I wondered where you were going with that. But anyway, I'm glad you finished that off. He's right, though. We're picking up a few injuries. Looks like Sam... I mean, Zach will maybe elaborate on... We're recording this on Monday the 19th. Uh, Zach may elaborate in his Monday press conference. Um... But it looks as though the, all the reports suggest that some old Mother Hubbard is will be out for about four weeks, which is tough, isn't it, really? But then you would imagine that we get uh, Hendrickson back but still lose Hubbard. So, yeah, it's going to be an interesting um, couple of three weeks. Right, uh, Ken Troop at Super Trooper, 64 uh, he says he can't lie. He always loves a snowball, but always have half a bottle of Warnick's Advocar left in the back of the cupboard. Um, what a time to be a Bengals fan! Merry Who Day Christmas! Merry Christmas to you, Ken. Um, snowballs, Nathan. You ever had a snowball in your entire life? I don't think I have. I believe it's Advocar, and what is it? Let me just Google this to be sure. I've never heard of Advocar either. Uh, okay, well, Ad... Um, <laughs> so you learn something as well as be entertained on this. Um. Advocar is a traditional Dutch alcoholic beverage made from eggs, sugar and brandy. It's got that rich... It's like a rich, yellow, smooth, creamy drink and a snowball. Here, and Well, it contains... Let me just have a look here. I've had to confirm this with my sources... Um, 10 to 15 millilitres of lime juice, uh, 50 millilitres of Advocar, and then some lemonade and then some ice. I mean, it sounds disgusting, to be fair. However, uh, Ken, I raise a glass of a snow... I raise a snowball to you, my friend. Merry Christmas. Memphis, Soul Stewart, Stuart Baird, 688. Merry Christmas to everyone. 22 was a pretty amazing year. Was not a holding call. Still angry. Shall we do it again? Stu... Do you know what? I think we shall. Merry Christmas to you. It, it, it's mad as well to think the amount of games that we've played in 2022, obviously with that huge playoff run down in January. We've only lost, what, five games in 2022? It's oh, absurd, right? isn't it? It really is. Yeah. And brilliant. Brilliant to be. What a brilliant time to be a Bengals fan, let's face it. Paul at P-Car Burns. Reckon this year could be the worst one. Okay. <laughs> as apparently our 17-year-old son is going to cook our Christmas dinner. I'm not letting him near the turkey. So if it goes, does go wrong, at least we have something to eat. Also looking forward to a glass of slow whiskey on Christmas Eve. Now, I've heard of slow gin, but I've not heard of slow whiskey before. Good. Uh, Rob Hill at Surely This Season. Solid handle. Best Christmas food, according to Rob, is brandy snaps, pigs and blankets... And check this out, an open-topped almond-sprinkled mince pies. Now, that is... Very specific there. Yeah, that's a twist on the uh, traditional favourite. That sounds good. I do like an almond. Um, now, he said about last night, did Rob, almost gave up and went to bed last night. Then the third quarter happened. So many heroes on defence. I love 
Lou. Who doesn't? What would Lou do? Right, Bridge of Assize. At Bridge, at Bridge of Assize, sorry. <laughs> we were visited by the ghost of games past with the opening drive pick, but still found a way to win. The team's ability to adjust amid massive injuries is remarkable. Best drink. And it is. That's what I mean. Like you said the other week, Nathan, these guys aren't out for the season, but they're out for two, three weeks at a time, yeah. and they're overlapping yeah. as well. So, you know, there will be a couple of weeks when we're without Hendrickson and Hubbard, which may make things very difficult. Um, but, yeah, just just, oh, just brilliant, brilliant stuff. Anyway, he's uh, Bridge of Assize's favourite Christmas drink. It's Great Lakes Christmas Ale, and his best Christmas food is a one-pound bag of peanut M&Ms my kids put in my stockings each year. My stockings? Stocking. That sounds a bit ruder than just a stocking, doesn't it? Uh, put in my stocking each year. Merry Christmas to you, Bridge of Osiris. Thank you for all your interaction this year. John Ward at John Ward 31. His best present was a new stereo and copies of the wedding present, George Best album, and the Jesus and Mary chain so Psycho Candy in 87. That will mean nothing, I reckon, to about 90% of our listeners. But, John, mate, I am with you on that. What a fantastic doubleheader of music there. 1987, what a year. I was only about 12, but I loved those albums. Anyway, regarding the Bengals, that stat of Brady being 89-0 went up 17 nothing, and now he is 89-1. is brilliant. Love this team, even, it didn't feel, even if it didn't feel like it at half-time. Absolutely. 100%. Jamie at uh, Trek White Beaster. My dad got me a Wilson American football for one Christmas. We went to the park to play, and it had been snowing pretty heavily. I ran a fade as he hung a high ball inside, putting me on a collision course with the park bench that hit me like Reggie Nelson, just as <laughs> I caught it. Oh. Reggie oh. Nelson was a good lad, wasn't he? I, oh, he was a, a player. real classic Bengal. Um, what a player. Shall I tell you my embarrassing moment of all time? Go on. I was... Uh, I don't know whether I've explained this on the podcast before, but I'll tell it again. I... Uh, Came out from university and played football, uh, soccer for ages. So I thought I'd join in a bit to get a bit fitter and get myself going. I'd come back home from university for a bit and I thought I'd go and join the village soccer team. And uh, so I did. Now, if anybody knows anything about village soccer teams, that the jerseys and the short trousers don't fit very well at all. And they certainly didn't fit very well on me. So I was running around in these very short and very tight <laughs> short trousers. And this guy, you know, was doing my head in, right? And he was a left winger. And you I didn't was, suplex him, did you? I didn't suplex him, but I maybe attempted to. I I basically slid in for a tackle on him as he raced down the sideline. There were women and children on the sideline. It was a cold day as well. I, I need to add that detail in uh, things will, because things will become clear. And because the shorts were really tight and really short, when I slid for a tackle, guess what popped out of my shorts? <laughs> Your third leg. My third leg, my chipolata, my fun-sized Mars bar, my my whatever you want to call my genitalia, uh, all of it, 
not just the little peak, but all of... <laughs> Are you've got it coming to your son though. You're quite a violent man. You I'm know, you not. About, what do you mean? I've seen you. Man? I've seen you assault a police officer in Kentish Town, and you're talking about sliding in on people like yeah, but on, like a, on a on a soccer field. It's dangerous, though, isn't it? You know, it's awful behaviour. You, you run a nice podcast like this in a fan community. You're talking about you know flying in two footed and people and stuff I didn't say two footed. I said I said apparently. with everything that I've got, and of course it was a cold day. Let's just say. And there were women and children on the sideline as I slid, you know, kind of right by them. And I, I, I don't think know. it's a matter for uh, for the police, if I'm honest. <laughs> I think. Uh, well, shall we move on? Then? Shall we move on? <laughs> Moz at Moza ninety two. His best Christmas gift was a PlayStation with Tekken three. God, Great. this is like the, my answer for this is very similar to that. That's a that's a cracking answer. Yeah, that yeah. is. Great game, an all time favourite. Top tier food and drink. Now you must realise that Moz does our beer recommendations every week on our tailgate. So I'm interested to see what he says because what what Moz says goes, basically. He always likes to get a certain Belgian beer called Stille Nacht, Silent Night in Flemish, German and Dutch, which I love and brings happy memories at Bruges at Christmas. Uh, last night he said, uh, awful first half, but uh, amazing win. And finally, Mega Farter. At Megafarter B. Shocking handle. I've never seen a third quarter like that before in my life. I always liked Giovanni Bernard when he was with us, but I like him more, even more today. Yeah, poor old Gio. He got it in the neck last night, didn't he? Um, bad mistake from Gio, but um, thank you very much for all your correspondence. Thank you to Ted Caras for joining us. What a guy he was. Thank you for... uh, We're not quite at the year's end yet. Obviously, we were going to be talking about the Patriots next week. It's just a case of when. Obviously, Monday, our normal uh, drop day is Boxing Day. So I'm sure Nathan and I will be uh, thickened and engorged by food and leftovers. Nathan, but no, before we go, what is your top tier Christmas food. What are you gonna? What do you love to eat on Christmas? I I I really do like roasts and Christmas dinners, son. I do. I love them. I'd say my two top favourites. You're talking are the Yorkshire puddings, the roast potatoes. Now here's I a separate a while, argument. But, um, Should Yorkshire puddings be part of a Christmas roast I, dinner? I think so. But I, I absolutely think so. Yeah, they're I, they're just elite. Yorkshire. Oh, they are they? elite, but I don't think they've got any place on oh, Christmas. I, I, I don't mind so chucking them in there, getting a bit of mint sauce in there, like oh, it's and then the gravy's good in there, and that stuffing <laughs> is up there for me. I love a bit of stuffing. You get that in there, like oh, do you know what? You're looking forward to it next week, aren't you? Looking for you can't I wait. To, to I am, but the problem is I'm in the states for it, so uh, you know they they do things a little bit differently out there, you know. So I've got to wait and see see what the standard's looking like but we will see we will see um as nathan mentioned so just just quickly on, that was, yeah. I, I love just frying this in at the end what are you saying christmas eve i can imagine you with this bottle of whiskey uh, finishing the second <laughs> half of the bottle after you've had the first half tonight but like do you think we can do the patriots yeah the i think we can I'm, i think I'm, i think it's going to be another banana skin I yeah, I know what you mean. Skin. They run the ball really well, but I don't trust yeah. Matt. I don't trust Matt Jones. They've got a tough defense as well, and if the weather plays havoc, who knows? Um, then it's that's going to be a bit of a leveler as well. But we're certainly playing well enough. 
it could be the sort of game, maybe not the deficit that we were facing at half-time, but it could be a real slobber-knocker game, you know, a real stramash of a game. Um, the, the thing is as well, I suppose, if we win that, then obviously as we're a game clear of the Ravens, that even if they won, we would guarantee ourselves that if we win at the last game of the season against them, we win the division. That would be a guarantee, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's... Um, I don't know the permutations just yet. I think, you know, mentioned earlier that uh, if the Jags beat the Jets, we're in, which is great. We're in. But then you have to kind of really go for home advantage for obvious reasons. Yeah, I think it's a winnable game. I think the Patriots are your typical... 500 team you know they're they're great some days but they're not so good other days they're inconsistent they're a tough team to beat but i you know i'd be disappointed if we didn't go into foxborough and get the win even on a game on christmas eve e which does which might play funny things mentally i don't think it will but who knows and even on a day when you know the weather might be dreadful do you know what i mean i still i think we're a better team than then and if we if we play like we can, then no problems. No, well, it'll be tough, but no problems really. Yeah, I agree, and I I think that um, I think that it, we yeah we can do. It. I'm just nervous. I got bit a bit. I just don't know. I just think the Christmas Eve and it like it's Bill Belichick. They're a bit tough. Like I said, I think we've got one game in us to drop before the end. I wouldn't be surprised. We, we laid a bit of an egg, you know, Christmas Eve, but mm. then come out and beat the Bills in, in a big game a week after. Well, who but knows? We will who see. Knows? It's mm. going to be a lovely game to watch. I'm watching it out in the States, I think in Los Angeles, about 10 in the morning somewhere down at the bar, pinting and being a bit, being a bit reckless. And, you know, as you are, <laughs> you're you, allowed Nathan? to be on... <laughs> Say again? Not like you, mate. No, 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 no. But at least I can get away with it on Christmas Eve, even no one's Absolutely. judging me. But um, yeah, there we go. Listen, mate. Uh, Merry Christmas to you and Rosie and the family. Oh, and, and to you, my son. It's been uh, a pleasure this year. And isn't it mad that next episode 199, obviously followed by episode 200? Like absolutely exactly. mad. For that. Yeah, exactly. Amazing stuff. But. Um, Let's cross that bridge when we get to it. It's Christmas coming up, and I wish personally, and I'm sure you do, Nathan, I'm sure you want to send a message out there to our listeners. Thank you so much for listening. I know that there are so many Bengals podcasts out there at the moment, and good luck to them, and there's room for everyone. It's fun to see everyone express themselves and have fun, but I can't thank you enough personally um, for thinking uh, about us and interacting with us and listening to us it really does mean the world and of course um there's still some stuff going on um this week we're going to be finishing off our uh advent calendar videos i hope you've enjoyed them thank you so much to everyone who's contributed uh, we'll be bringing that back next year but also you we're as i say monday the 19th it is at the moment uh, you've got two days to enter into our raffle where you can win um, a charity raffle uh, or everything is in aid. 100% is uh, going to Action for Children and their Secret Santa initiative, which uh, well, basically buys gifts for vulnerable kids up and down the UK who don't have the luxury of being in a settled family or circumstances that allow them to receive presents 
uh, at Christmas. So um, do even if you don't care about the prizes, we've got some good ones this year. Sean Volker print, that's pretty amazing. A pair of uh, Austrian audio headphones worth £150. Um, we've got a Cincinnati chili pack. And more importantly, and most importantly, we have <laughs> a Cincy shirt, uh, a Steelers roll of toilet paper. And I'm sure everyone wants to wipe their ass on the Steelers. So uh, you can see how to enter our raffle. Uh, on our social media feeds at Hooday underscore UK uh, Bengals UK on Facebook um, and that's about it really so it is a ho 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 day from me did that work? I'm not quite sure <laughs> and a who day from me cheers guys and Merry Christmas And it should also be noted that the views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not reflect those of the Cincinnati Bengals organisation.